What is going on, everybody? It is Jason Jaybird Goldstein here for another episode of The Bird's Eye View. That music sounds even sweeter because March Madness is finally here. Two years in the making, and we're finally getting the big dance back. It sucked not having it last year, and I am just so happy to finally have March Madness back. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, you know, so NFL free agency just started. Uh, the Knicks just played the Nets. I'm not going to recap those. This is a tournament special. Uh, I'm going to preview each region, give you my sleeper teams, my favorite matchups, uh, potential upsets to watch for, along with my picks. Joining me is going to be a good friend from school, uh, Mike, Mac, Mike Mac McNair, Mike Mac for short, uh, very well-known uh, person in Columbus. Somehow he was one of those kids everybody knew and one of the smartest college basketball minds that I personally know. Cannot wait to have him on. Have been wanting to have him on for a long time. And if you want to get ready for your bracket, you better listen to this episode because I trust me, my, me and Mike, we are both going to help you guys win your bracket challenge. Uh, before I get into the big dance, a little breaking news. This is officially a COVID vaccinated podcast. That's right. I received my COVID vaccine today, so I'm officially vaccinated, and I'm very happy about that. Uh, ho hopefully now I can start going to more basketball games. Although, I did go to an, an Atlanta Hawks game over the weekend. I was visiting my buddy in Atlanta, and we went to an Atlanta Hawks-Cleveland Cavaliers game. Uh, that's one reason why there was an episode on Tuesday, but I wanted to do just one episode this week regardless. Just one big tournament preview episode. Uh, I got myself a Georgia Tech sweatshirt, so I'm repping the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets on this podcast. But let's get into it. I mean, just what an awesome week for conference tournaments. It really just, just really was. Uh, God, I mean, it, it was awesome just to watch. You would, Georgetown, uh, Oregon State, two teams who had no business even sniffing the tournament coming in uh, this week. All of a sudden... They stole bids and ended up stealing bids from a couple of teams. And while Georgia Tech was likely in, uh, they won the ACC title to solidify themselves being in. And yeah, it was they were likely to get in regardless had they lost to Virginia, had that game not gotten canceled, had they lost to Florida State, that they probably would have been in. But no one would have expected Georgia Tech to win the ACC. I mean, that's three unlikely conference tournament winners. And that's what makes conference tournament week so beautiful. You saw how much it meant to Jose Alvarado winning that conference championship. He even said he's not supposed to be here. So happy for the Yellow Jackets. I'll be, I'll be pulling for them in the NCAA tournament, especially rocking my Georgia Tech gear. And, man, I'm just... I'm just so happy to finally have the big dance. At the end of the day, that's that's really it. Uh, it was soft not getting one last year. Last year, I got very, very, very into the sport. So I was really disappointed to not get a big dance. But I got back into it this year. As you guys know, I brought you guys a ton of great college basketball content all year long. And I can't wait to just cover the tournament and these next 18 days, I believe it is, with you. So, before I get into the dance, I want to talk about my surprises. For me, the biggest surprise is definitely Louisville missing the tournament. Now, I watched a decent amount of Louisville basketball this year, and I was surprised they did not make it. You know, they Carly Jones is a really special player. Uh, they obviously got shafted due to Georgetown and Oregon State stealing bids, and that pushed both Louisville and Colorado State uh, off, the, off the tournament bubble. 
and I said this on my last episode, uh, Louisville was probably going to be in, but I said they did not have the best resume, and I was not really sold on Louisville as a team, so I, I am surprised they didn't get in because I thought the committee was going to put them in, but honestly, they really did not deserve to be in. I actually think the committee got that right, leaving Louisville out. They have one quad one win. They had that really bad loss to Duke in the ACC tournament. And honestly, like Louisville was just not that good this year. A uh, big part of that, they were impacted heavily by COVID. And yes, surprising. You see, Rick Petito's in the big dance, but we don't have that. We don't have that Louisville team. Obviously, that was a huge surprise. Uh, like I said. I thought this team would be in, even if they necessarily didn't have the resume that I that they they don't have the best resume, but I still thought they were gonna be in. I'm a big Carly Jones guy, so I'm happy. I'm sad for him that he's not gonna be in. But at the end of the day, you know, it's kind of nice seeing another big team miss the big dance, and I just can't get over the fact that Rick Pitino's in with Iona, but Louisville is not in. But yeah, no doubt in my mind had. Georgetown or Oregon State loss, Louisville is going to be in. And obviously, well, it's not, not no doubt in my mind, they were the first team out. So it sucks for them. There's always bid stealers. And you got to feel bad for the Louisville Cardinals. But I, I'm not necessarily a fan of the team itself, but I'm a Chris Mack guy and I'm a Carly Jones guy. And I'm honestly, the best part about them not making the tournament is I was probably going to blindly pick Louisville. Whenever I'd look at bracketologies, I would put, pick Louisville a decent amount. So, honestly, I'm kind of glad they didn't make it because I don't know why I like picking this team. They're not a very good team. But for some reason, I just like Louisville. Uh, in, surprises in the ACC, Syracuse. I'm not surprised they made it to the tournament. They definitely deserved it. I said they would be in after that game against Virginia. What I am surprised about is that they're not in the first four. Uh, look, uh, they had the better record than Michigan State. But Michigan State had the better resume. You know, Michigan State in the last month of the season beat number three, number four, and number five. Three teams that are on the one and two line. And they hung around with Iowa, who's also on the two line. So, very surprised to see Michigan State get in that first four game. Uh, and Syracuse not. UCLA, I'm not too surprised about it. I think I spoke about it after their loss to Oregon State. I said that UC it was very possible that UCLA would end up in that uh First four game, especially if someone were to steal a bid, and sure enough, they did. So UCLA is there, and it's crazy that we're getting two of the biggest programs in the country in Michigan State and UCLA each other in the first four. It's weird seeing two power power six schools instead of a power six school versus a mid major opponent. But hey, that was the reality of this season. Uh, it'll be it'll be a good game to watch. Uh, I definitely like Michigan State in that game. I just. I love just Tom Izzo in March. That's just me. I, I, I'll always put Tom Izzo in March. You guys know that. I've been saying this on the podcast. I've had Michigan State to win it all more than I've picked any other team. And I always had Michigan State going far just because January, February, Izzo, April, May. Uh, what else do I have to talk about? Uh, I guess we'll go to the other first four game, Wichita State Drake. I don't have any issues with it at all. Wichita State had a pretty good regular season. Uh, they probably would have been in had they played more games, but the four losses or the five losses, losing the semifinals of the AAC definitely hurt. They definitely deserve to be in the field of 68. I'm okay with putting them there, and I'm okay with putting Drake in there as well. I'm glad Drake got in because I know mid majors like Drake tend to get shafted a lot. We've seen that happen multiple times, and it would have been a shame for Drake to not make it given the way they started the year 
and the fact that our other season was really derailed because of injury. And then the other thing, how the hell is Oklahoma State a four seed? You know, this isn't just me coming here as a Cade Cunningham stand, but Oklahoma State had beaten Kansas. They had split with Texas. I'm okay with Texas being higher than them because Texas won the Big 12 tournament. They had beaten Arkansas. And they had beaten West Virginia twice in a row, one of those times without Cade Cunningham. How the hell are they on the four line? Oklahoma State is one of the best damn teams in the country. They have one of the best players in the country in Cade Cunningham. It makes no sense to me how they were on the four line. At the very least, they should have been the second on the three line. To me, it's just absurd the disrespect this committee gave Oklahoma State. Unbelievable. That, that really bothered me. I mean, I get, you guys know... We stand Cade Cunningham on the Bird's Eye View podcast. We do. But that's not, like I said, that's not coming from the perspective of standing him. That's coming from the perspective of someone who's watched enough college basketball to know Oklahoma State is, is not on the four line. There's just, it, it's mind-boggling to me that this team was actually on the four line. Hell, you could have made a case for this team being a two seed prior to the Big 12 championship. I, I would have put them as a two seed prior to that Big 12 championship for certain. So, wow, that'd be a four seed. Unbelievable. Uh, that, that, I will say that's really it for my surprises. Uh, more so, so more surprised that Syracuse got in, not, not via first four in, or last four in, but playing in the first four. Uh, surprised that Oklahoma State's a four seed, which is just ridiculous. And surprised, but understand why there's no Louisville in. So, we're going to go down now, break down the region by region. So the way I have it set up is I'm going to talk about a sleeper team I like, uh, what's going to be the best first-round matchup, and potential upsets. So we're going to start off in the West region. I like Oregon. They've made some runs in the past in March previously as a double-digit seed. Uh, they, were, you know, they did it twice as a 12th seed, both in 2013 and 2019. So this is a good team that knows how to play in March. Uh, they play would play Iowa in a second-round matchup, a game where they match extremely well extremely well against Iowa. You know, Iowa plays a very fast tempo. They score, they score. But if you get a gritty defense like Oregon, that could give Iowa some headaches. I really think that this Oregon defense could give Iowa a ton of headaches. Uh, they, they can shoot the three with anyone. They'll be able to stick with Iowa in terms of three-point shooting. Plus, they force a lot of turnovers. Uh, Iowa, at times, you see them get very loose and turn the ball over. So, I, there's a solid chance Oregon can pull off this upset and make a serious, serious run in the big, in the, excuse me, the big dance. You know, they had, yeah, they had the loss to Oregon State, but other than that, they are one of the hottest teams in the country, and had they won the Pac-12 championship, probably would have been on the five line, so this is a team that their seeding sp spot is probably down a couple, a couple spots because of where, because they lost to Oregon State, but this is a damn good Oregon team, and I feel bad, I feel bad for, I would have felt bad for whatever two seed had to face them. Um, so yeah, I'm glad the Buckeyes avoided them, but they're gonna give they're gonna give Iowa a tough game. I'm gonna stick with Oregon because I think their matchup against VCU is the best first round matchup. I think they're just very similar teams the way they play. Uh, very you know good defensive team, slower pace, can shoot the three, so it'll be a very competitive game. But I do like Oregon to win that. Uh, I'm gonna go over some some potential upsets I have in the West bracket. This doesn't mean I'm picking these games. These are just upsets to watch out for. Number one, Ohio over Virginia. Ohio's made some runs in the NCAA tournament a few years ago. Going to the Sweet 16, uh, 
I think in 2013, and going to, going to overtime with UNC, which would have put them in the Elite Eight. They're going up against a Virginia team that's not arriving in Indianapolis until Friday for a Saturday game, a team that's not going to have much practice this week due to a COVID pause. So Virginia is definitely an upset alert against Ohio. Also an upset alert is Kansas, similar to Virginia. Kansas had, you know, had to opt out of the Big 12 tournament due to COVID issues, and how much practice are they going to get? How ready are they going to be for Eastern Washington? Eastern Washington is one of the highest scoring teams in the country, a very offensively powered mid-major, and I think they can give the Jayhawks a lot of trouble. We already saw the Jayhawks struggle with UTEP, and UTEP is a lot worse than Eastern Washington is. So yeah, this is another team to be on upset alert. Gonzaga definitely gets a break being in the same conference as two teams that had COVID issues. Uh, two teams that they already also crushed. So, yeah. And another team I want to put on upset alert is UCSB over Creighton. The you know the the first the uh, the five twelve is always a spot where upsets happen. Creighton, I haven't been sold on them. Zigarowski's been very inconsistent. This team, one game will come out and shoot the lights out, and the next game they'll hit one or two threes. You don't know which team you're going to get. Uh, I'll be honest, UCSB is a mid-major I'm not too familiar with, but I know a lot of people like them, and you always have to put those five seeds on upset alert. Uh, and then USC uh, will be on upset alert going up against the winner of Wichita and Drake. Uh, because, you know, USC has been meh the end of the year. So I'm going to go with my picks. Gonzaga, we're going to go with the top half first. Gonzaga, that's easy. They're going to win that. Oklahoma over Missouri. Both teams didn't end the year too hot, but I think Missouri is absolute dog shit. So give me Oklahoma in that game. Uh, as of now, I have UCSB over Creighton. I might change that. I'm still not sure yet. That's so. That's sort of un unsure. But uh, uh, th 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 there's a decent chance that changes. Uh, I do have Ohio. I also have Ohio winning, and I'm pretty confident in having Ohio beating Virginia. Like I said, I don't think Virginia's been that good this year. I think they've been vastly overrated. Uh, and now with all these issues that they're having with COVID, this is well set up for Ohio to steal this game. Don't forget, Ohio nearly damn beat Illinois in the regular season. Going to the bottom half, uh, while USC's not great defending the three and Wichita and Drake both can shoot the three, I just think the Mobley brothers are going to make life very difficult for whoever wins that first four matchup. So I like USC. Uh, and like I said, Kansas is on upset alert. I can see Kansas losing this game against Eastern Washington. But I do have them winning this game. Uh, I don't think Bill Self is going to allow his guys to lose in the first round of 14 seed. But Kansas has definitely, definitely has to be worried about this game. It is going to be no cakewalk for them. Uh, what else do we have there? And then we have the Iowa versus uh, Grand Canyon. That should be a fun game, honestly. But give me Iowa in that game. Oregon VCU. I'm praising Oregon for they can make a Cinderella run. So give me Oregon in that game. The round of 32. Uh, I'm going to take Ohio over UCSB. And I would put Ohio over Creighton if I were to give Creighton that victory. So Ohio. I have them in my Sweet 16, believe it or not. A little maction. Uh, I think Gonzaga is going to go to the round of 32, beating Oklahoma. Uh, I do think Kansas will win over USC, 
But you have to be careful about that. If their three-point shot isn't falling, then they're probably screwed. USC is one of the best inside defenses in the country, and it's going to be hard for guys like Marcus Garrett, for Jalen Wilson to attack the rim. Kansas is going to need their three-pointers to fall against USC. I do think that they are a bit of a better team, and for that reason, I'm going to give the Jayhawks that victory. But I'm cautious about that. And I've been talking about Oregon. I said I believe Oregon is primed for a run in this side of the bracket. And for that reason, I have Oregon upsetting Iowa in the round of 32. It's something I, you know, I was just talking about. I think Oregon matches up very well against Iowa. I just gave a little spiel about that. How can I give my spiel and then not back it up by taking Oregon? So we're going to move on to the Sweet 16. I have Gonzaga and I have Oregon both winning. Ohio's run comes in and against Gonzaga. I think Oregon continues to play well in March, beating Bill Self. They beat, they played Kansas. They beat in Kansas in March before. Uh, Bill Self's not the best March coach, as much as I love him. While uh, Dana Altman is one of the better March coaches, very underrated. So, give me Oregon in that game. And then the Elite Eight, Oregon versus Gonzaga. I like the Zags to move on to the Final Four. Uh, so my overall breakdown. Honestly, Gonzaga seems to have a relatively easy path. They have two teams that are banged up because of COVID. Three teams in the conference that they crush in the regular season. Uh, Creighton's a meh five seed, so they might end up getting a 12 or 13 in the Sweet 16. I just don't really see anyone who could challenge them. Maybe Iowa, but I do have Iowa losing already, so that gets rid of them. Uh, we're going to go to the South now. I have, as my sleeper, I like Winthrop as my sleeper, sleeper a lot. They have one. They had just one loss in the regular season. I was pretty high on them last year before the tournament got canceled. I've been drinking the Winthrop juice pretty much all season long. Now, they're, and they're going up against Villanova, who has really struggled in their two games without Galepsi playing. This is definitely a game that's primed for a huge upset. I know a lot of people are picking Winthrop to beat Villanova, so this probably seems like the game that the five seed can win, that, that Villanova will win because everyone's on Winthrop. But I just have a good feeling about Winthrop winning this game and potentially making a nice run in the NCAA tournament. I think they match up really well against Purdue as well, and they could potentially be in the Sweet 16. Uh, best first-round game is going to be UNC versus Wisconsin. You're getting Greg Gard versus Roy Williams, two of the best coaches in college basketball, and two teams that honestly play a very similar style. Lots of big men on this team. Uh, while UNC doesn't play Wisconsin slow, they're still one of the slower teams in the country, albeit they can move fast when they want to. But it's going to be really, really fun to watch this game. An 8-9 matchup is always good, and when you get two Power 5 teams in an 8-9 matchup, Oh boy, you know that's going to be fun. Uh, teams on upset alert, Villanova. I just gave reasonings why they're on upset alert. Talked about Winthrop, Gillespie. Uh, Purdue also. Uh, North Texas, they ended the year on a really strong winning conference USA, beating, uh, really handling Western Kentucky, who was the favorite to, to represent Conference USA in the big dance all season long. Uh, so they're, they're a solid mid-major. I think they're going to give Purdue a lot of trouble. Uh, then you have Texas Tech is also on upset alert. It's going to be a repeat of the four, five, three through six I'm going to have on upset alert pretty much in every region because it's true. Uh, but, the, you know, the Texas Tech, they didn't end the year that strongly. Uh, the Mountain West, you know, teams like Utah State, them, Colorado State, and Boise State were essentially playing for their tournament lives 
for down the stretch of the season. For that reason, Utah State has has faced a lot of pressure this year. They're very mentally tough, and they're going to give Texas Tech all they can handle. Uh, so this one is I'm not as crazy about on upset alert as I was with Kansas, but you have to put Arkansas on upset alert. Uh, their style plays very similar to Colgate's, and when two teams play very similar, it's very possible Colgate can pull off the upset. Plus, we know that oh no no that was Lehigh who put off the upset actually. I think that's today's the anniversary of that the anniversary of Lehigh beating Duke. You know you know when that's that's not going to happen this year though because Duke's not in. Just you know want, want to say that one more time that Duke's not in. So I'm going to give my picks in the top half. I'm going to have Baylor and UNC. You know, Roy Williams never lost a first-round matchup, so I like UNC to beat Wisconsin, especially that they struggled. I'm picking my sleeper team in Winthrop to beat Villanova, and I'm picking Purdue. While I think North Texas is going to give him a hell of a game, I just like the Boilermakers in this. Uh, I think he's just Matt Painter's a hell of a coach. Uh, we're going to go for the bottom half. You know, I love Chris Beard. I love Mac McClung. They've been really good in the tournament the last few years. So for that reason, I'm going to give them that victory, although it will be a tough matchup for them over Utah State. I like Arkansas in this game a lot. And the 7-10 matchup, Florida versus Virginia Tech. Two teams that are pretty meh, a very meh game. I think Florida's a little overvalued as a 7 seed, to be honest. Especially given the fact they struggled against Vanderbilt and lost pretty handily against Tennessee twice to end the year. But that's just how it is. I like Florida beat Virginia Tech, though. And then we have Ohio State versus Oral Roberts. With my luck, we'll be the team that has that, that is the two seed that loses that 15 seed. I sure hope not, but I do think we're going to beat Oral Roberts. Uh, we're going to move on to the round of 32. So I believe that Baylor will beat UNC, however. This is the worst eight one. This is the worst possible eight seed that Baylor really could have drawn. Uh, UNC's good. Baylor, a lot of their skill comes from guard play and outside shots. While UNC, they're a lot more. They're a lot bigger and have a lot more big men. If Baylor's outside shot isn't falling and they're forced to attack the paint, it's gonna be very hard to score inside at all the sizable guys UNC has. So I think UNC can give Baylor a hell of a game in the round of 32. We've seen Baylor not play as well coming off their COVID pause. So while I think it will be a very tough matchup, a Baylor-UNC matchup in the round of 32, I do like Baylor to move on regardless. Uh, other games um, in, the, in the round, in my potential round of 32, I like Purdue over Winthrop. Again, I think Winthrop can beat them, but I just love Matt Painter in the tournament. I think Travion Williams is fantastic, and Purdue is playing red-hot basketball right now. Uh, Arkansas, Texas Tech cannot wait for this game. Mac McClung versus versus Moses Moody. Chris Beer versus Eric Musselman. That is going to be a fun, fun matchup. And because Arkansas has ended the year just scorching hot outside of their loss to LSU, and because there was not such not the best play down the stretch from Texas Tech, I like Arkansas to move on. And Ohio State, Florida. Another. I'm pretty scared for this matchup. Uh, my friend Steve, who came on the podcast before, he's a huge Florida Gators fan. And, you know, I can just see the way the sports world works. The sports world is always out to spite me. I can see Florida upsetting Ohio State to spite me and just make Steve happy. And historically, we have struggled against the Gators in the tournament. So, really would rather not face them. I'm kind of rooting for Virginia Tech in that game. But, man, it's just, it's been, I'm nervous for that, no doubt. 
We're going to move on now to the Sweet 16 picks. Uh, Ohio State, Arkansas. Arkansas can certainly beat Ohio State. We don't play the best defense, really. And if they're forcing turnovers, they're going to give Ohio State a lot of trouble. Arkansas does tend to force a lot of turnovers, while Ohio State doesn't turn the ball over. We've seen in a few games this year where they have turned the ball over, so... A little worried about that. I do think we're going to win this game. Could be my bias. But it's going to be, they're going to give us a push, and it's going to be one hell of a game. And I think Baylor-Purdue, similar to UNC, Purdue has a ton of size. I mean, they have Edie and they have Travion Williams, two of the biggest guys in the country. So I think so. I think they'll be able to give Baylor a run for their money. I just think Baylor's too good, and they're going to end up moving on to the Elite Eight. Uh, so then you have Ohio State, Baylor, my Elite Eight. And this is where Ohio State's run ends. Baylor, their style of play is just really meant to beat Ohio State. I've seen Ohio State all year. They can't defend the perimeter. They leave guys open in the corner all the time. Guys at the top of the key open all the time. They really struggle with their three-point defense, and that's where Baylor excels at shooting the three-pointer. I think that they can take advantage of Ohio State in that regard. And then once Ohio State struggles from three-point from three-point land, they try to close out on their guys, which leads to lots of open shots in the paint. So I don't like the way we match up against Baylor. Uh, maybe we can hang with them offensively, but I'm not very confident in our, in our team's chances to beat them. Uh, so my breakdown, this bracket can definitely be a very wild bracket. Again, Baylor has not been the same since COVID, and they would have tough matchups against Purdue or against even Wisconsin if they were to beat UNC or UNC along the way. They defend incredibly well. Uh, but I still think they're going to be there. Obviously, Ohio State can see them getting upset early just despite me. And, yeah, this, this bracket definitely seems primed for some craziness. Don't forget about Winthrop. We're going to move on to the Midwest region now. I want to say my sleeper is San Diego State. So the Aztecs, they were primed for a major run last year. Obviously, no bracket happened. They didn't get to play in the tournament, just like everybody else. People thought they were going to regress this season, which they did a tiny bit when they lost Milwaukee Flynn to the NBA draft. But honestly, this team has been nearly just as good. They still defend incredibly well, one of the best defenses in the country. And the Mountain West is not a bad conference. It's one of the better mid-major conferences in the country, and he, and uh, they got uh, not he, San Diego State got through there with relative ease. So I do like San Diego State as a sleeper team. I know I, I like this team a lot. The best the best game of the first round, Loyola versus Georgia Tech, repping my repping those Yellow Jackets. You have the winner of the ACC, who's one of the hottest teams in the country right now, versus Loyola Chicago, who's arguably the best mid major in the country. And I cannot wait for this game. This is not just the best first-round matchup in the Midwest bracket, but this is, in my opinion, the best first-round matchup in all of the bracket itself. Uh, this would be a really, really tough game to call. Both these teams kind of felt like they got shafted by the seeding. Uh, Loyola is, and, and Kempom rankings, they're top 15, I believe. And here they are getting rewarded with a goddamn eight seed. It's just ridiculous. Uh... Georgia Tech too. They're a, they they just won the ACC, a conference that has seen a lot of teams get relatively high seeds. I thought that maybe they would have been an eight seed or a seven and would avoid Loyola. So yeah, both teams kind of got shafted. Uh, but yeah, definitely the best game. And honestly, it sucks that the winner of this game has to face Illinois as well, who is the one team that's hotter than both these teams. 
an upset. I want to put some teams on upset alert now. Tennessee. What have I been saying all year? Tennessee are frauds. I do not like Tennessee. I think they're going to lose in the first round. I'm not a fan. I've been saying I'm going to pick against them no matter who they play. So I got to stick with that. Uh, Oklahoma State. You know, I love Cade Cunningham. They have to be on upset alert. 413 upsets happen all the time. And Liberty is one of those mid-majors that I've been following a lot, that I like a lot. Uh, West Virginia. So previously, outside of Loyola, Chicago, Belmont was definitely my favorite mid-major. They had one of the best offenses in the country. However, they lost twice in the final two weeks to Moorhead State. And Moorhead State has now won 19 out of 20 games. The first team in the tournament, they've been rested for a long time now. And they, get to go, and they go up against West Virginia. You know, West Virginia has a suspect defense. It's very possible that Belmont can really, really expose them on offense. And really, really exposes West Virginia defense and pull off a shocking 3-14 to 14 upset. I'll be worried if I was West Virginia for this first round game. Uh, so now I'm going to go with my picks. In the top half, I'm taking Illinois. Uh, even though I'm repping the Georgia Tech gear, I just think Loyola's size and their play is the way they play as a team is just very great. Uh, Sister Jean is going to Indianapolis as well. You can't pick against them if Sister Jeannie's going to be there. Absolutely not. I just think the I think the experience also really helps them in this game. While Georgia Tech obviously has not been there, uh, I'm picking Oregon State. And honestly, sucks because. I mean, I've been saying I'm going to pick against Tennessee all year, and they get possibly the worst team in the tournament in the first round. Are you kidding me? That being said, I can't go back on set. I can't pick Tennessee when I've been literally shitting on them the entire season. I just, I can't do that. Like, it would just, it would be wrong. Uh, after that, I have I, Oklahoma State beating Liberty, despite them being on upset alert. I just think they're too good. I just love Cade Cunningham so fucking much. Uh, bottom half of that bracket now, we're going to move on. I have San Diego State winning. You know, I just talked about them. They can make a run. I'm definitely cautious about them because Beheim, these are the situations he's excelled in the tournament as that 10 seed a few years ago when people thought they should have been at best first four in or last four in, possibly first four out. They made it to the final four. But I just like the way the Aztecs match up against the Orange. Uh, West Virginia, I like them a lot against Belmont. It's a tough matchup, but I do like West Virginia to win that. Rutgers against Clemson. This game's going to be a defensive slugfest. Hammer the under in this game, certainly. Uh, so, I, But I do like them in this game. I think these guys are going to get up really excited for their first for their first uh, champion, not championship, March Madness game since the 90s. The, the Rutgers faithful has got to be excited. And I think Houston's going to win just in the 215 matchup. Round of 32, I have Illinois beating Loyola Chicago. Although I do think Loyola Chicago has a legitimate chance to win it. I think if they can, they have to, the biggest thing for them is neutralizing Kofi Cockburn. They have the size to do it. They have plenty of big men. They're one of the best rebounding teams in the country, Loyola Chicago. So yeah, they'll be able to give Kofi Cockburn. If they shut down Kofi Cockburn, there's a very good chance they beat Illinois in this game. This is a matchup I'm very excited about seeing. Uh, and then we have Oklahoma State would be playing o Oregon State, uh, two, two, the fake OSUs against each other. I like Oklahoma State in that game because I just love Kate Cunningham so much. And I just think Oregon State's not very good. Uh, San Diego State versus West Virginia. Very close game. San Diego State matches up really well against uh, West Virginia. 
I just watched this team play so many times, and they find ways to win games, whether it be Sam McNeil, Deuce McBride, Derek Culver, Eric Matthews, one of those guys that coming up and hitting a big shot. For that reason, I like West Virginia to escape this game, but it's going to be a hell of a matchup. And we get and then Houston is going to be playing Rutgers. I think it's going to smoke Rutgers. I think Rutgers, you know, I like um, hometown or home state team. I just think that they're not on the same level as Houston. They're honestly going to get crushed. I like Illinois to beat uh, Oklahoma State. Although Cade Cunningham versus Ayo Dosunmu put my butt in a seat and give me a bucket of popcorn for that matchup, baby. Two of my favorite players in the country to watch. This is free entertainment. Watching those two guys go at it. I have a matchup I am so looking forward to seeing potentially. God, please give it to us. Don't let any of those upsets happen. And another team that match, you know, it's funny. West Virginia is going up against a lot of gritty teams. You know, Houston's very similar to San Diego State in terms of their grittiness. And I almost went Houston here, but I just think West Virginia, having survived that Big 12 grind versus a team that was in the AAC, is going to come out. And win this game. Then we have West Virginia, Illinois. Uh, tough matchup. You know, two of my favorite teams to watch. Two of my favorite players in the country. In Ayo Dosumu and Deuce McBride as well. Uh, give me West Virginia. I love Bob Huggins. He tends to always do well in March. This is not their sexiest defensive team without a, uh, by any means. They still run the Press Virginia. The Press Virginia has always been tough to defeat in March. So, I do like them to beat Illinois and go to the Final Four, setting up a date with Baylor. Uh, this region felt, feels relatively chalky. While I do think that the lower seeds all have very good chances to win, I don't have the cojones to, p to pick them in those games, except for Oregon State, which is probably a bad pick. But hey, Tennessee sucks, and Tennessee's a bunch of frauds. So, I like Oregon State, so I'm going to keep it. But oh my god, just... If you're talking about watching fun players in this bracket... You give me, uh, we have Ayo Dasumu, we have Kofi Cockburn, we have Quentin Grimes, we have Deuce McBride, Derek Culver, all the guys that West Virginia has, Cade Cunningham, you have Alvarado from Georgia Tech, Crutwick from Loyola Chicago, so a lot of really talented guys in this bracket, and so many fun players to watch, it's going to be really, really fun to watch. Uh, we're going to move on now to the East bracket, which is the final bracket, uh, starting my sleeper team. I know a lot of people are saying but my sleeper team is UConn. This, you know, James Booknight is giving off a little bit of Kemba Walker, Shabazz Napier vibes. You know, you know, I actually won a March Madness bracket a couple years ago uh, when UConn won it all with Shabazz Napier because I had UConn on my Elite Eight, and most people did not have UConn getting that far. Obviously, no one had a UConn-Kentucky final that year in my bracket pool. So having UConn getting as far as they did helped me win that bracket. And I just think with, you know, James Booknight, he's a special player. There's not one player who impacts their team more with him in or out of the lineup more so than James Booknight. And for the, and I just think he's primed to go on a run and that UConn can seriously make some noise in the Eastern Conference, in the, not, excuse me, in the Eastern region. Uh, somebody with the first, best first round game, another 8-9 game that just kind of happens to be that way. The 8-9 games tend to be the best. LSU versus the Bonnies. You get Will Wade going up against one of his former A-10 rivals. Uh, an LSU team who is really hot right now. is playing a lot to play their best basketball of the season. And a, conf and a conference winner in St. Bonaventure, who is a very, very experienced team and has a lot of great team chemistry.
Upset alert. I have Colorado playing Georgetown. Georgetown ended the year on ex extremely hot. Uh, they're a very popular pick to pull off the upset as well. Colorado's had some questionable losses during the year, so they're on upset alert. You have BYU on upset alert. They have, you know, Izzo in March is always tough, like I said. And I'm ne ne not necessarily going to... This also, if UCLA's in, UCLA's no slouch either, so that can also be a tough matchup for BYU. And Texas. Albion, Albion Christian turns the or forces a lot of turnovers. Texas turns the ball over a lot. This could could be an upset that happens. Uh, I'm going to get my picks. I think Michigan wins their 116 matchup. LSU beats the Bonnies in a close game. Uh, I'm not too sold on Georgetown. They did get hot at the right time. They had some good wins in the tournament, beating Seton Hall, beating Villanova, crushing Creighton. But I just think Colorado has the best player on the floor with McKinley Wright, and they're going to win that game. Uh, and I love Florida State. I just love the way they match up against UNC Greensboro. Uh, we have, I think, Michigan State. I think they're going to beat BYU, although obviously if they don't beat UCLA, that might change my pick a little bit. Uh, but, hey, you guys know, I buy stock in Tommy Izzo all the time. Uh, I really wanted to take Albie and Christian, uh, especially me and my friends always do the horns down. But I just think Texas, coming off that Big 12 title, they're hot right now. They're playing the best basketball of the season. So give me the Longhorns in that game. Uh, Booknight versus a Meth Maryland team. Give me James Booknight uh, and UConn moving on to the round of 32. And Alabama versus Iona. You know, this will be a fun match simply because it's Rick Pitino versus Nate Oates, and Rick Pitino's back in the tournament. But I think Bama's just too good and is going to win this matchup. The round of 32, I have Michigan winning, but I might put LSU in there, especially if Isaiah Livers can't play. His injury really, really changes the dynamic of this Michigan team. Uh, I'm not sold on Colorado, and I still might have Georgetown winning. So for that reason, I'm picking Florida State to win this game, although I do think Florida State is slightly overvalued as well. I have Michigan State beating Texas as well. Again, I drink the Tom Izzo juice in March. It's like, you know, I, I'm just basically a drug addict with having Tom Izzo going far. I don't think I've ever had Tom Izzo not making it to the second weekend in my brackets. And Herb Jones versus James Booknight. Fun matchup, ready for that. Uh, I do I do think UConn can pull off the upset. I just think Bama's too good. And the fact that they're one of the best defensive teams in the country and really have to worry about one player makes me think they will win this game. Sweet 16, Herb Jones is too damn good. He's going to give Michigan State a ton of problems. While it will be fun to see Izzo versus Nate Oates in my Sweet 16, I just think Bama's too damn good and is going to win. And I think Florida State, especially if Isaiah Livers can't go, avenges their loss from three years ago against Michigan and moves on to the Elite Eight. Uh, I'm putting so Bama, Florida State, and I'm putting Alabama in my Final Four. This team, they remind me a lot of Auburn from a few years ago. Everyone thinks that they're kind of a live and die by the three, but they're also the most efficient defense in the country, and defense wins championships. I really like this Bama team, so I like them to get to the Final Four. Uh, regional breakdown, this has the potential to be very, very crazy. Again, Florida State's getting a lot of love, and you know I do like them, but I do think they're being slightly overvalued for a team that didn't even win their conference championship in a down year with the ACC. They had some bad losses. Uh... Michigan, their whole dynamic changes without Isaiah Livers. They're a possible candidate to lose in the round at 32, whether it be the LSU or the Bonnies. Uh, Texas is definitely a very interesting team. They started the year exceptionally well. 
then kind of dragged down through the middle of the season before ending strong, winning the Big 12 Conference Championship. Uh, so it's definitely a strange thing. Uh, they, I, it's going to be weird because part of the reason their season dragged down in the middle was because they had guys in and out with COVID. They have their guys back now. They're healthy, and they're one of the hottest teams in the country entering March. Plus, if you're looking for just fun college basketball coaches, how about Nate Oates, Jawan Howard, uh, you have Leonard Hamilton, Patrick Ewing, Shaka Smart, either Tom Izzo or Mick Cronin in this bracket, Will Wade, just lots of fun coaches to root for in this side of the bracket. Uh, so that's my final four right now. It's Alabama, West Virginia, Gonzaga, and Baylor. Uh, it'll be Gonzaga versus Alabama, West Virginia versus Baylor. Uh, I'm gonna have uh, now joining me is my good friend Mike Mack, and I will be breaking down my final four picks with him. And joining me now is what some might call the Kona, Columbus Conoswar of college basketball, the John Rothstein of Massachusetts, my friend Mike Mick. I don't know how how do you say your last name because everyone just calls you Mike Mack or Boston Mike. Yeah, yeah, just Mike Mack is usually it's McNamara, but Mack is perfect. Thank you for the introduction. It's an honor to be here, Jason. Uh, this has been a long time coming, so very fired up and very excited. It has been. I mean, I honestly could have had you on like any weekend that's after college basketball, but I figured the tournament preview show was the right show to have you on. And obviously, like me, you know March Madness is the best time of the year. College basketball is one of the, if not the best sport in the country, better than the NBA. So I'm so ready to get into talking with you. Uh, earlier, I was giving my thoughts on the bracket as a whole, so I guess I just want to hear your thoughts on the bracket. What did you like about it? What didn't you like? What surprised you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, as an Ohio State fan, I liked the first thing that popped up, liked our early draw. I think we got a nice little nice little breeze to the Sweet 16, uh, so I like that. Um, nothing too shocking in terms of the top, kind of expected mm-hmm. the ones and two seeds. Um I'm really mad Syracuse avoided the play-in because they just got that voodoo magic where they just run the 2-3 zone and always go on runs. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I know you were talking about it during the conference tournament week. I I was hoping to see Louisville just because I love watching Carlick Jones. That's exactly what I was saying earlier. And then um, I guess something that made me mad, and this is if you've seen my ramblings about some things, kind of just the middle seeding ground. It's like Loyola's an 8, but Clemson's a 7. Florida's a seven, but Missouri's a nine in the same conference. It's some of that stuff got me a little angry. Clemson ahead of Clemson ahead of Georgia Tech, also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, and it sucks because it's like an LSU versus St. Bonaventure. Like those are two teams that I love to watch, and same thing with Loyola and Georgia Tech. Oh, it's gonna makes me sad. I gotta watch one of them go down so early. I know <laughs> that literally sounds like the beginning of my podcast. Me talking <laughs> about that because I mean, I said I think that Loyola Georgia Tech game. And uh, I believe it was one of the guys on Eyes on College Basketball said that that's probably the best first-round matchup. And I honestly, I would agree with that. I can't wait. Like, I love both those teams. And, you know, I was at Georgia Tech. Over, you know, I got a Georgia Tech sweatshirt over the weekend. I'm like, how can I pick against them if I just got yeah. it? But how do you pick against Loyola? Yeah, I mean, there's some fun matchups. I mean, those eight nines like we were just talking about, those are super fun. I'm excited. Oregon, VCU, just pressing the hell out of each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm excited. Arkansas Colgate sneaky, really fun matchup. So oh yeah, I'm fired up. 
I'm, I'm, I'm can't be to Friday. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, also, yeah, back on the Louisville thing, it's kind of what I was saying earlier. So I, I like Carly Jones. I don't tend. I usually don't tend to love Louisville. Uh, they're just now mm-hmm. as a program. I don't love them. But I don't hate him as much as I hate Duke. But I like Carly Jones. Uh, I like Chris Mack going back to his Xavier days. And I said this. I was surprised they didn't make it. But when you look at that resume, like, I'm okay with them not making it. Yeah, the resume was tough. And then, I guess, who was the second team they had out? It was Colorado State. Yeah. Right? And and they had their shot. They lost to Utah State in that Mountain West game. And it's – I'm mad Wichita made it. I just don't think they're good. <laughs> and it's – um. So, I mean, I wish one of them got over in over Wichita, and especially because I'd like to see Drake go up. I would have liked to see Louisville versus Drake, just to watch Drake go up and get a guaranteed game against an ACC team. I think that'd be fun. Um, but, yeah, I mean, nothing too – the bubble was kind of weak, so I, I, can't, I can't get myself to get too worked up about the who's in, who's out. Exactly. Uh, what were your thoughts on Michigan State being that uh, one of the – playing in the first four? So, yeah, I mean, kind of like I was just saying with Syracuse and even Utah State, I'm surprised they made Michigan State play in it. Me too. too. I'm glad they did. Make them earn it, you know? Yeah. Especially how shaky they were early. I'm glad they – the and I kind of like – it's like the committee was playing a game with us. Put Wichita against Drake, kind of the two smaller schools, and then put the two blue buds in the other one. Make them earn their way in. Um, but, but I'm actually interested. I think Michigan State, I think they can match up well, and I think they could beat BYU as well. Um, I mean, especially with how they've played late, we know they got the talent. And mm-hmm. Aaron Henry's been there seemingly forever, and it's the old January, February Izzo, you know? Yep, exactly. <laughs> so. Like I, I, don't, I, I was saying this. I don't think I've ever had a bracket without Michigan State in at least my Sweet 16. I've had that. I, I think I've chose them or Kansas to win it all more than I've chose any other team. So yeah, like I never bet. You never bet against Tom Izzo this time of the year. Obviously, we all said that before the Maryland game, and that was a bit of a surprise, uh, but. Yeah. I think that Maryland loss is definitely a reason why they're in that uh, first four of the play-in game. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to complain because the committee looked at how, at how bad they were before those the wins over three, four, and five. Uh, so I definitely enjoy that, and it'll be cool. Tom Izzo versus Mick Cronin. You can't... You, that's a great coaching matchup to have in the first four. And just even so, whoever wins that region just has some great coaches in there as well. I was, about, I was about to say, Mark Pope sitting there and waiting. He's a great game prepper. And then Shaka always just throwing something interesting at you if they get past Abilene Christian. Mm-hmm. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, definitely. And that whole region, it's fun coaches. You know, you got Nato yep. and, and Danny Hurley, pretend, or whichever Hurley. Uh, yeah. Waiting for, yeah, Danny, uh, waiting for you there, too. So it's fun. A lot of cool coaches. You, you, you got, uh, even though we're not a fan of that team up north, you still have Jawan Howard, who's a fun coach. Want to see him charging at some refs again? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, and then also, and, and Mark Turgeon. Yeah, I mean, well, imagine if we get Howard and Turgeon again. I don't oh. think that's going to take a lot. But. It would take a lot. Crazy, hey, crazier things would happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, so that game was obviously part of a championship week. So I want to guess, you know, championship week was awesome. I, th- I remember yeah. texting you on, uh, I think it was Wednesday, where I had, saw those games were insane. So what was your favorite, what was your favorite part about championship week? Because it was a sick championship week. Yeah, I mean, I guess my what I was most tuned into, of course, as we mentioned, were both Ohio State guys. So just kind of Ohio State's run mm-hmm. taking years, years off my life. So oh, I yeah. want to say favorite, but most stressful. Um, I'd say, and then I'm always... The, a- the A-10 tourney and, and Arch Madness, the Missouri Valley tourney, are always... Hold a, hold a dear place in my heart. I love those tournaments. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about the Bonnies later on. 
Um, but I think my my favorite things to watch were kind of those pit stealers with Oregon State and Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching it actually with uh, I was watching a lot of Georgetown games with a buddy who's a huge Georgetown fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so just seeing that on his face and kind of watching both those teams just get hot at the right time. It's you know it it gave the tip like we didn't get this last year. This is what so Martin. This is what March is about, baby. Exactly. Teams that were teams that were under five hundred making it because of a run. Uh, and I even said I said that the Big East was not going to be won by Nova, UConn, or Creighton. If only the Big East was a guarantee of a bid stealer. I personally yeah. thought it was going to be the winner of that Seton Hall St. John's game. So, but I'm not I'm not going to complain about Georgetown, especially as a Knicks fan, as a Ewing guy. Happy right. for happy for him to be in the Big Dads, and yeah, just a bid stealer. And George and they're both playing well. It's not like they're both. You know, somehow did it like they actually beat like okay Georgetown maybe you can sort of be like oh they beat Lenovo one down at full strength but Oregon State UCLA Oregon Colorado three really good wins against three tournament teams in a row yep. and people are still sleeping on this team yeah oh and bonus moment of course was George or Gonzaga coming back from halftime and watching just all the talking heads oh how are they going to handle adversity it's like think they passed that test pretty well <laughs> i uh i think i once they took the lead i'm just like i was so tired i was like all right yeah gonzaga's not blowing this and i yeah, just i I, t- I turned it off i was watching it with my roommates in the second half time hit we we placed sizable wagers on gonzaga second half so. oh, yeah, that, that was that was free that was free they were not going to lose that game i mean they're, they're a great mm-hmm. team mm-hmm. uh so i know you said that uh, you think michigan state's gonna win but i want to go for uh your then your next uh What's the word I'm like? The next, the next the verse for Wichita or Drake. So I actually, this was um, the first bet I placed right after the bracket came out. Felt really good to place was actually Drake plus two. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I kind of mentioned earlier, I just don't think Wichita State's very good. Um, and now Drake's got Hempel back, one of their better players. Um, and Shaq Hempel uh, was just their coach just announced today uh, that he's back. Oh, I did not That's see that. Mission. Oh yeah. So, um, I mean, still, they, they still have some injuries, so mm-hmm. they're still not back to, you know, normal Drake. But, I mean, this is a team that kind of, it was almost even since January we've been calling them a bubble team, and it was kind of, you could see this was coming. And I think the team knows that, and, and I'm excited to, to watch that unfold, and especially with how hot they started. And I saw another stat today, because former Missouri Valley Conference foes, uh, Wichita State 10-0 and all-time against Drake. So let's get a little Drake revenge going here. Yeah. So love that. Give me the Bulldogs. How did I not? How did my brain not put that together? I completely oh, yeah. forgot Wichita State used to be in the Missouri Valley. Holy shit! It was always oh, yeah. back in the day. It was Wichita, Northern Iowa, and uh, usually like somewhere on uh, blanking on. There was one other team that usually would come out there and play well. Uh, uh, did you just say Northern Iowa? Yeah. It was. Yeah. Northern Iowa, Loyola. Uh, I mean, Creighton was in there. Oh yeah, I'm thinking one. I'm, I'm thinking one. Creighton yeah. was in there. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I actually, I, I completely forgot about that. So that'll be good to see two formal rivals. So that definitely, oh, yeah. you know, sometimes you kind of like to see that mid-major versus a power five. But if it's two mid-majors who used to be rivals, then I'm gonna enjoy it. Uh, I will yeah. give Wichita State credit though. Obviously, you know, they got here, faced a ton of adversity after mm-hmm. Greg Marshall's departure, and not just Greg Marshall's departure, but because of his behavior, they lost a lot of scholarship yeah, players. Like this isn't the sexy days of Van Vliet, uh, Ron Baker, and then later on Landry Shamit. But this is still a gritty team, and I, I think they can definitely hit their threes. I had yeah. them winning this game, but now that I know that Blake out and Blake out his name is coming back for Drake, that changes things a lot. Cause I assume that 
their top two guys are both going to be out still. Yeah, I mean, and credit to Wichita. I mean, they beat Houston this mm-hmm. year. They, they were the one seed in the American, and, I mean, got to give them credit. I just, I love this Drake team. <laughs> yeah. So this might be a little biased. But, I mean, I don't know. It should be a good game. I mean, that's, I believe that's the early game on Thursday, too. So that'll be a great way to get us going, get the blood flowing. Absolutely. Well, I, I, now I know when I have to take my lunch break Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, we'll move on now to more of the bracket. So, the more I look at this bracket, I'm like, God, this feels like chalk. I've watched so much more college basketball, more knowledgeable than ever. But we know chalk is not going to happen. Yep. Uh, so which region do you see the most cra- craziness, mo- craziness most likely to happen? And which one and two seeds should be on high alert for a first-round exit? First so, weekend, first weekend exit, yeah. not first round. So I would say the one that I keep, you know, as I've been, we were talking about this before, kind of toying around with my bracket, uh, the one where I just kind of have been just I want to throw someone random to come out of it uh, would be Michigan's region, the East, and that's uh, because partially because you know Livers is hurt for Michigan, mm-hmm. so or at least for the first weekend, um, and I just like I could talk myself into every team seated one through nine to come out of this region. Um, so like I mean it could be Michigan, it could you know it could be LSU. But the region where I think there's going to be the most chaos kind of internally is Gonzaga's region. I could see just upsets galore, which benefits the Zags. Mm-hmm. So in, ter- in terms of kind of you know craziness on the undercard, I see it in the West region. But where we can get the real funky Final Four participant, I think in the East. Like um, I think in Gonzaga's region, you know Creighton and Virginia, Virginia especially with COVID now, they're both susceptible. Mm-hmm. Um, Kansas has got to be on high alert. That Eastern Washington team shoots the lights out. They and, shoot the shit out of the ball. They put a scare into Oregon earlier in this year. Uh, and Arizona. State by one. Yup. Yeah, and Arizona. And then I kind of, again, that Oregon BCU game, I mean, just they're going to be pressing the hell out of each other, so who knows. And then uh, might be jumping a little bit ahead of myself, but that game, Iowa-Grand Canyon, I, I think we could be in for something interesting. I'm not saying Grand Canyon can win, but I, I am on Grand Canyon plus 15 points. Uh, they got two seven-footers who can battle down low with Garza. Uh, they're a really good defensive team. So I think that this is a region where we could see kind of, you know, 12 seeds in the Sweet 16, mm-hmm. something crazy like that before Gonzaga just kind of – and Gonzaga's just able to just coast through. <laughs> and, and they're also coached by a Drew. Yeah, so. exactly. I was about to say, it's – I mean – they're coached by a Drew. He knows what it's like to pull an upset mm-hmm. twice. I mean, hitting that shot as a 14 seed about 40 years ago. Yep. And then, like I said, a seven-footer who's actually their best player is a seven-footer. I believe he's a Wichita State transfer. I could be wrong. I heard. I, I, feel, I believe that's what Rossi was talking about today, actually. I was just listening to him earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Grand Canyon. Its name is, uh, let me pull it up. Uh, Asbjorn Midgard. Yeah, he's from Norway or something. And the guy's seven feet tall, and he's shoots seventy percent at the rim. And so, when teams and when teams have found a big man to sort of battle against mm-hmm. Luka Garza, they've they've won. You see Dickinson. You saw when I call him by what it looks like Cockburn. Uh, the way he <laughs> the way he bodied uh, Luka Garza in their first meeting. So yeah, that can definitely happen. Uh, I, d- I definitely like the over in that game for certain. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, so I guess sort of building on that, uh, I think Michigan is definitely possibly the most susceptible to an early exit just because no livers, this is nothing, nothing on them as a team. And, you know, 
Gonzaga is obviously undefeated. Illinois right now looks unstoppable. Baylor looks has been really good. So I just want to know, who do you think poses the biggest threat to all three of those teams within the regions? So, right, I like what you just mentioned about Michigan with Livers, and it's so I think, and I kind of skipped over with the kind of the one and two seeds. I was going to say, even if Iowa gets past Grand Canyon, I mean, they got to battle Oregon potentially. Mm-hmm. And same thing, Bama has to go up against UConn that now has Book Knight and looks like a completely different team. Um, but I would say kind of with those one seeds, um, I think Gonzaga and Baylor kind of can cakewalk a little. I'd be shocked if neither of them don't come out. Yeah, Illinois has – their path is brutal. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's, you get like like Loyola, who's a top-10 team in Ken Palm, or, or the ACC champion who plays a crazy defense – in the second round and then you get you know if chalk holds you get the number one pick in Cade Cunningham in the Sweet 16 uh that would be if I think Illinois goes down I think it would be to Oklahoma State I think they could get past Loyola they could get past Georgia Tech um I think it would be Oak State and then even this Houston team I mean the same thing looking at their gritty and looking at their path I don't I don't see anybody in down in that region you know Rutgers Clemson uh, West Virginia, I, I don't see any of them competing. Um, so I, I think Illinois has got a tough path. And then in terms of Michigan, I don't think they make it out of the second round. I don't think they beat the. I think it's going to be St. Bonaventure. I don't think they beat the winner of LSU St. Bonaventure. I ha- I have Michigan currently my Sweet Sixteen. Uh, mm-hmm. I definitely am considering having them lose without livers because losing that guy is a t- is just such a tough mm-hmm. break. Uh, and I'll be honest, one thing about Michigan is it's not the football robbery. This is actually like a likable team that's fun to watch. I know. And it's su- I know. It, it sucks it, that Livers is going to be out. I know. It sucks because I love watching Livers. And, you mm-hmm. know, another guy you've seen like he's been there forever. And he's yeah. been the heart and soul of that team for so long. And then, but, and then part of the reason is, I mean, and even if they get past Bonnie's or LSU, then they got to go against Florida State. I mean, those are all teams that mm-hmm. have a big that you don't have to you don't have to come down and double Dickinson. And that's what Michigan does so well is, you know, when Dickinson gets the ball, you got to double him, and then Dickinson's a great passer and can find someone open for three, is LSU and the Bonnies can battle down low with him and make him beat you one-on-one. Yeah, absolutely. And the Bonnies, again, I guess that's going to be fun. Will Wade going against one of his former A-10 rivals. Mm-hmm. So at least I, definitely, I like the fact that LSU, or at least Will Wade, knows the Bonnie style basketball, sort of knows that a you know how they play in the A ten. So that definitely bodes well for the Tigers. And it just to be interesting. I personally think if the, if these teams were to be challenged, uh, I think Iowa is the only team in that region that actually would have a chance to beat Gonzaga. Uh, I think Baylor I think Purdue has the best chance against them simply because let's if Baylor's three pointers aren't falling, it's gonna be very hard for them to Getting in the paint with such a guard-heavy team against such a big team in Purdue, but also, and the, there's also the the part where Baylor could easily just pull Purdue's big men out of the paint, stretch the floor, and just you know I don't as good as Trayvon Williams is, he's not defending a step back three from Jared Butler yeah. or Davion Mitchell. <laughs> they're gonna need a they're gonna need like a 35 point game from Williams, just dominating down low. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, if anybody can do it, it's him. It is Purdue. Uh, death taxes and Matt Painter. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then I just said, I think if anyone were to challenge you in Illinois, I just say Loyola because of Loyola's size, they can really neutralize. I think they, can, I think Loyola can really neutralize Cockburn, and I think neutralizing Cockburn, making IO and do it all by himself, or or maybe IO Curbelo Frazier. Uh, obviously, the big thing with Illinois is everyone said, oh. 
they're two horse, they're two team horse or two horse team, two horse team, and that was when you've seen while Curbelo just came out of nowhere. Uh, Biash McVeely, or however you say his last name, he stepped up. I did say Georgie. Yeah, he, he had a he, he had a big game against the Buckeyes. He's a guy that kind of they've been waiting to break out all year and seeming to play better down the stretch. And Trent Frazier is kind of looking more like last year's Trent Frazier a lot lately down the stretch also. Yeah, and I mean another thing with with Loyola just matchup wise against Illinois. Yep. It's, it's kind of like we were just saying how the Bonnies and LSU can battle with Dickinson. You don't need to double it. You can trust Cam Crowtwig to play solid, be stout, and not foul against Coburn and or Cockburn, mm-hmm. <laughs> I should say on on this program, <laughs> and uh, and just kind of make and like you said, make those guards beat you. And if you put the ball in the guards' hands, and you know Loyola is going to work their ass off and, and grind and hustle. So I mean, I I really hope that game. As someone who currently lives in Illinois now. I really want that game to happen. Get the get the in-state rivalry. Get the blood flowing. Mm-hmm. And all uh, you know, we got got to get Sister Jean's energy. Who yeah, who doesn't exactly. love Sister Jean? Even though exactly. even though when it's, even though I think if she, if Loyola were to win, I think her excitement she might end up dying in excitement. I actually I was hanging out with some Loyola grads over the weekend, and I was just at, I was like, what do we think? What do we think of squad? Like we fired up for Crutwick takeover. They're all they're jacked up. The the scene around Rogers Park is everyone's excited, so that's good. That that's so awesome. So uh, I just want to ask, uh, double digit seeds. So which double digit seeds do you like to pull off first round upsets? There's always gonna be that five twelve and some mm-hmm. four thirteen. So just give me who you like in these five twelve matchups. Yeah, so the five twelves. I I actually like uh, I like two twelves. Um, I like Georgetown to keep it rolling. Let's go, Pat Ewing. Keep the boys going. Uh, I've been a fan of Colorado all year. I think McKinley Wright's one of the most underrated guards in the country. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Evan Batty is I, – I bet on Colorado against USC every time they played because I think Evan Batty is the only person who could piss off Mobley enough, and he did it three times. <laughs> um, but I kind of just love the way this Georgetown team's playing. I love – kind of they just got moxie. They got a chip on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. They kind of take on the energy of their head coach, um, so I love that team. And then I know the popular ones, Winthrop over Nova. Um, I I still like Nova. I can't go. I just love Jay Wright too much. I think I respect Jay Wright too. I think I might just like the Big East too much. I think that might be where this is going. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm gonna say UC Santa Barbara over Creighton. So the other Big East team, I go. I gonna have lose. Um, and same thing, I like Creighton. Zagorowski's a stud, and, and Creighton actually is playing solid defense this year, unlike normal. Um, but the Gauchos out west, they won, I think it's 18-19, and 19, just ran through the Big West, which is a sneaky, not bad league. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing, they got two bigs. I think they can kind of make life hell for Creighton down low. Um, so I think I think they can pull mm-hmm. it off. And then in the other 5-12 matchup, I think Tennessee's going to just smoke Oregon State. As much as I said I loved Oregon State's story, I think, you know, they shot 50% from deep in the Pac-12 tourney, and Tennessee plays such good defense. I got to go Tennessee there. Even though Tennessee could be without their number one guy? That's true. With no Fulkerson, you're right. I actually forgot about that. With no Fulkerson, I think that, you know, that at least makes it a little bit more even of a matchup, but... (laughs) Who knows? I mean, and again, it's attorney. Who knows what's gonna happen? I actually, I guess we're sort of on opposite sides. I have Colorado winning for now. Uh, part of that is I a lot of the twelve. Actually, no, I am with you. I do have UCSB. Uh, I have Winthrop. I've been I've been loving Winthrop all year. I've been skeptical on Nova. I just I think Nova's 
really struggled without Gillespie. I think Winthrop mm-hmm. is just you know one loss on the year. They're very confident right now. Yeah. Uh, I personally, I'm not sure if Oregon State's going to have to beat Tennessee, but all year I've been shitting on Tennessee. I've been calling them frauds. <laughs> I still think they're frauds, whether they win this game or not. And I said, whoever they play, I'm picking against them. It sucks. They probably get the worst team in the one of the worst teams in the field at 68. But I can't call Tennessee a fraud, say I'm picking against them, and then pick them in my bracket. That's fair. I and you've told me about your feelings for Tennessee, and I hear they're the most frustrating team in the world. I still don't think I have a feel on them after watching all year. But um, I, I do know they play solid defense, and, they, and they're an older group. Um, so that's why I like. I mean, I don't think they can win more than one game. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I do trust them to get past Oregon State. And uh, while I think uh, I, I think all the three seeds will win, but these are tough fourteen seeds. I mean, Moorhead State's been on fire. West Virginia plays suspect defense. I can see that upset happening. You know, Texas turns the ball over a lot. Abilene Christian forces turnovers. That's a really rough matchup for Texas. Colgate literally plays the same style as Arkansas, so that game could be very close. And then you have Kansas on that COVID pause again, coming off COVID. We don't know who's going to be playing, how uh, how prepared they're going to be against this Eastern Washington team that can shoot the lights out of the ball. Yeah, no, definitely, and I agree. It's you know I, I think all three seeds are advanced, but I would not be shocked to see one or maybe even two go down. I was saying, and kind of just from talking about Ohio State's path, I was talking to some buddies from home because they were just asking me about it, and I said kind of that. Texas Tech, Utah State, Arkansas, Colgate, Pod. Any of them can come out, and I'm kind of afraid to play any of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like you said, they play the same style as Arkansas. They play fast. They score. I was in the building in Columbus when Jordan Burns went absolutely nuclear on that Tennessee and on Tennessee in that 215 game two years ago. And I think a lot of these four teams, it's just kind of, especially with Abilene Christian and Colgate, it's more of an unknown. Colgate's only played four or five teams all year. And only in the Patriot League, it's they might be terrible, they might be really good. Mm-hmm. And then, um, in terms of Abilene Christian, I know just kind of looking at bracketology and stuff, a lot of people have them as kind of a 12 seed or a high 13. Uh, and they it should be noted they got um, they, same defensive style as Texas Tech. So Tech, yeah, Texas has seen it, but Texas also sucked against it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I believe their coach is a former Beard assistant. Um, so it's interesting to see there. Um, and then, yeah, as we've talked about, Eastern Washington can can really shoot the rock. And in Moorhead State, I mean, if they play like they did against Belmont, you know, who's heavily favored in their conference, they can compete with anyone. And West Virginia has been up and down all year. I'd love to see one of them get knocked off. I think it'd be great. Yeah, I, I think so. Hopefully not West Virginia because they're my final four. But me and my, <laughs> me, me and my friends are big into doing the horns down. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. for – I'll pull for Albany Christian. Yep. So I, I guess – Oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, kind of going off, I think my biggest upset, and I think you'll agree with me here, that I that I actually think is going to happen is Ohio over Virginia. Yep. I think Virginia, I mean, Ohio, I'm blanking out on his name, but they have that guy who's an NBA prospect. Jason Preston. Jason Preston. I'm, I'm Mac, and teams from the MAC have tended to do well in the, in the conference tour, or not the conference, the real, the big dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, yeah. we saw Buffalo a couple years ago. Uh, Ohio nearly made it to the freaking Elite Eight, I think, in 2013, pushing UNC to double overtime. Uh, so, yeah, I think they're going to be. I think they're going to beat UVA. I think I thought UVA has been overrated all year, and they're fl- they're going to practice one time this week, get in Friday for a Saturday game. I love taking Ohio in that game. 
Uh, oh, you go. Well, I was just gonna say another thing is just this the size that they have kind of on the perimeter and mm-hmm. the way that they can shoot. It's you know it's same thing. You know, UVA doesn't play a zone, but it's the same principles of a zone when the pack line defense is. You know, if you can shoot over it and you have guys who are good interior passers, you can you can beat it and you can score on it. And this is a team that shoots. I got it pulled up right now, thirty seven percent from three. Their point guard is you know he's an NBA prospect and he's six four and he's going to be guarded by Kihei Clark a lot, so you can take him. And it's you know, will they be able to will they be able to stop Hauser and Jay Huff? I don't know, but. You know they will be able to score on this team, and and that's kind of the recipe you need. And you need to have a hot shooting night, and there's a, this is a team that can do it. And this is March. And this is March, most importantly. So uh, I kind of want to get go through, I guess, each bracket. We'll go through. Uh, give me your sweet sixteens, I guess, uh, in each bracket. Uh, we eventually to the elite eight and the final four, and then who who's you're picking to represent each region? Cool. Yeah. So. Um... You know, I posted my bracket yesterday. It's been a fluid situation. We've been changing a lot. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, this is this is the time of the year where everyone's indecisive. These are the three days of the year the most that I just can't make up my mind. It's the worst. Uh, <laughs> but as of right now, what we're looking at, starting in the West in Gonzaga's region, I got Gonzaga, you know, as we mentioned. And then I think Ohio would be uh, UC Santa Barbara. As do I. Uh, and then I have USC. Uh, beaten kind of COVID-riddled Kansas, and especially if McCormick can't go, I think Mobley will just dominate that game, and USC can win, and then Oregon uh, advancing to the Sweet 16. And I'm, eventually I'm with you over Oregon. I love the way they match up against Iowa. I think yep. that was the worst possible match of Iowa could have drawn of all the seven seeds. Their style of play is meant to beat Iowa, and you know I had this pick uh, already. That was one of my first picks. And I was listening to John Rothstein. He has the same pick with us. So hearing Rothstein, make, hearing Rothstein made that pick along with you has me feeling extra confident in that. I love it. And then, I mean, Oregon's kind of, they had that one dud against USC, but they came back and beat them. I think Oregon would beat USC again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Zags out of that region. I, I just, I can't see anybody beating the Zags in their own region at least. I agree with you. I, I'm with you on for the most part. I'm, I'm back and forth on Kansas USC for now. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I mean, that's a, that game's a pure toss-up. Yeah. I, I just, I've been kind of low on this Kansas team all year, and I have a really good friend who's a huge Kansas fan. Um, so a part of that's just to kind of stick it to him a little. Yeah. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then kind of, I guess if we move on to the East, uh, I mentioned they're my they're my Cinderella, my darling team, the St. Bonaventure Bonnies, my guys, Ocean Osuni, Kyle Lofton, two of my favorite players. Uh, if you've ever gotten lost in St. Bonaventure Twitter, it's the greatest place in the world. Um, my, I, I have a mission. They have a super fan named Captain Beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he puts a foam beer on his head every game, and he was like celebrating with the players after the A-10 championship. That's it's awesome. my new life goal to become friends with him. That's awesome. <laughs> so I might be a little biased with the bodies. Um, mm-hmm. But then I have Florida State as well. And then this is the bot. I've gotten just I've gone back and forth with what I want to do here. Right, as of right now, I have Texas and Alabama. Keep it chalky. But I would I like that UConn Alabama game. I could be very easily convinced um, with either team there. Um, and then kind of moving forward, I, I I'm riding them hard. Let's go Bonnies. I got the Bonnies through, and let's get the Bonnies in the final four. I, I like, what are you what are you looking at down there? I like the confidence in the Bonnies. So I'm pretty chalky. Uh, one two four. I have Michigan State there because I just love his own march. 
And then I have Alabama advancing to the Final Four. I see a lot of this Auburn team from 2018 or 2019, except this team is even better defensively than that Auburn team was. You know, everyone thinks Alabama, oh, all they do is shoot threes. They live and die by the three. And yes, that might be true, but defense wins championships, and that's the most efficient defense in the country. Nate Oates is a hell of a coach also. I love Nate Oates. Me and too. Herb, Herb Jones is. Oh, yeah. Is, Herb Jones has my John opinion. Petty also. Love the love the way they play and they those that team just fights. It's you are in for a dog fight for forty minutes and you're gonna be winded. They're gonna make you run. They're gonna make you work and they're gonna make you earn everything. Mm-hmm. That just seems like a team that's just I would just hate to play. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> they're really yep. good. Mm-hmm. So you got you got Bama going to the Final Four in that region? Yes, I do. So right now yeah, I have Bama, I, Gonzaga. I'll talk about what I have with that after we go through the next two teams. Yeah, yeah I think I think about two hours ago I had Bama in the Final Four, but I think I just I need to <laughs> stick to my guns and ride my guys. That's fair. <laughs> and they could very easily lose in the first round, but you know what? That's okay. That's It's March. It's yep. March, you know? Anything can happen. What's that? Anything happens in March. Exactly. Except for chalk. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of chalk, I think I go a little chalky here in the South. Oh, no, I, I got something interesting happening in the South. I got Baylor and Purdue up top, and like you said, that has potential to be a classic, that mm-hmm. game, I think. Um, if we get it, I'm rooting really hard we get it because of the contrasting styles. You get Matt Painter versus, versus Scott Drew. I think it would just be an awesome game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have our Buckeyes, and I'm going Utah State to come out of that pod. Wow. I just mentioned that's a pod where, you know, I could see any four teams getting out, probably less so Colgate. I think Utah State, Texas Tech is going to be kind of sneaky, one of the best games of the first round. Um, same thing, just an incredible coaching matchup, Chris Beard, Craig Smith. Um, I think what what the difference is is Kata from Utah State, big seven-footer in the middle, just matchup nightmare. Mm-hmm. everywhere for Texas Tech. And he's super athletic, so he can stay with the Silva on the other side. Um, and then Brock Miller just raining threes everywhere on, you know, somewhat of a pack line defense. Texas Tech's another D that makes you shoot. Um, so I think Utah State can get by them. And then Arkansas, I think they can beat Arkansas just because I, I'm still not sold on this Arkansas team. I think I'm the only person on the planet that's not sold on this Arkansas team. I've been – I was – I honestly was – Hyping up this Arkansas team before that winning streak. I was a big Moody fan. I liked his high school tape. I, I'm on the must bus. So yeah, yeah. I'm excited about that. I have this one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. I will say I'm a little nervous about Ohio State, especially uh, Florida always has our number in the tournament. Yeah. That's when that gets me nervous. But this Gators team is also just does, doesn't have Al Horford and Joe Keem Noah on it. Right. It's, you know, the, the prospect of Trey Mann just going scorched during the Thomas definitely mm-hmm. scares me, but on a one-day turnaround, I'll take Chris Holman over Mike White any yeah. day. I actually think Virginia Tech's going to beat Florida kind of on that principle of just, I'm not a Mike White believer, and I'm a huge Mike Mike Young believer, plus uh, I, I just kind of love kind of the experience Virginia Tech has, and I just, I just don't think Florida's tough, um, which is why they don't scare me, but the talent is definitely, definitely there, so that would be kind of... Kind of intriguing. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm still surprised they were a seven seed, honestly. Yeah, I am as well. That that was um, one thing I didn't expect. And then, do you have Baylor or us? I got. I got Baylor. You, you got Baylor. Yeah, I. I yeah, hate to say I, it. <laughs> I just think Baylor style is meant to absolutely smoke us. Yep. That's we don't. Correct. I agree. 
I mean, we we hate defending that corner three. Davion Mitchell, Jared Butler, Masio T, Flag, Flagler, whoever's there is just going to oh, be just, yeah. drilling. Their, they might they might beat Alabama's three point record against I us. Agree. And just Jared Butler just scares me. Mm-hmm. Like I, he's yeah. so good and he he eats up so fast. And you know it'll be the thing about playing Baylor. It's like you'll be tied with like eleven minutes left. You be like okay, and mm-hmm. then with nine minutes left, you're down by thirteen. Yeah, it's just like okay. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> yep, it's, it's, it's crazy how that happened when you played Baylor. It was like that Baylor-Texas game, that, that's what I'm thinking when you say that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I always, the kind of, the one that gets me was when they played Oklahoma State that first time without Cunningham. Uh, and it was like they were down by five and then up by 12 within three minutes. I, I woke up, I did my usual, uh, my morning, you know, place my bets, and all of a sudden I placed my bet five minutes later. Cade Cunningham is out, I'm like, I mean, I'm like, you couldn't tell me this 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I was so, and then I'm at the bar and I'm watching that game. I'm like, oh my God, we're going to do this without Kate. I mean, the yeah. amount of times I've bound Oklahoma State and then I bet against them one time in a parlay and this was, and Baylor sure enough ruins the parlay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I, I say, don't bet against Kate Cunningham, broke my rule and I got burned for yeah. it. Yep, that'll happen. I'm interested to hear what you think of the Midwest because for me, the Midwest is one of the toughest to pick. So tough. But I, uh, I think we're gonna get some of the best games here. Absolutely. Just in every round, I think Loyola, Georgia Tech, like we talked about, uh, Tennessee, Oregon State. I mean, should be who knows what's gonna happen. Uh, Oak State, Liberty. Yeah, Liberty. Lib- just Liberty's no slouch of a mid major either. They're playing a weird style. Like half their shots are gonna be threes. Like who knows what's gonna happen there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, San Diego State versus, again, the 2-3 the zone. Um, yeah, I mean, and, Moorhead, and like we said, Moorhead State's been just going score straight on everyone. So we should get some good games in the first round. Uh, I know you said West Virginia is in your final four. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, I do. I've watched a lot of them this year. Bob Huggins, guys, always tend to turn around in the tournament. In my opinion, this is their most talented team since that team that made it to the final four in, I want to say, it was 2010. Uh, I just think that I, I'm definitely nervous because this is not the only thing I'm skeptical of. It's not that same defensive team that they've had in the past, right. but they have great guards in McNeil and Deuce McBride. You know, Matthews is pretty underrated as well. Tash Sherman, and they have a great, great big man in Derek Culver, who's one of the best mm-hmm. big men in the country. Yeah, I love it when my fellow mix heat up for them. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's awesome to watch. This. The, my struggle with this region is, so do you have Illinois going down to Loyola? I have Illinois going out in my Elite Eight, and uh, I honestly okay. don't even hate putting Illinois in the Final Four. I think they're that good, but also mm-hmm. uh, my number one rule is I never put more than two te- two number one seeds in my Final Four. Yeah, I like so that's kind of, I follow a similar principle, and I think that might be, I might, I've been toying with putting Houston in over them. Like we said, this Houston team. Kind of similar to what you're saying against Bandmates. You get in a fight with them, you're fighting for 40 minutes, and mm-hmm. it's just annoying. But, I mean, Illinois, I would assume, has been, again, one of my favorite players yep. the past three years. I think I was at the Illinois-Ohio State game, like, sneaky rooting for him last year. The um, season finale? Yeah, so it's going to be tough to tough to root against him at any point. I think Illinois comes out. It's just, that path is just just a gauntlet yeah <laughs> but i mean if they if they come out they'll be battle tested i think i'm gonna put illinois in uh for for the time being for this for the purposes of the show um so yeah so i got and i think they'll be i think they'll be houston i'm not as much of a believer in west virginia uh as you are i think houston's a better team i just 
I like the way they defend. I like the way they play. But same thing. I'm hoping we get chalk in the Sweet 16 here. I want to see Houston, West Virginia, and I want the battle for Dana Holgerson mm-hmm. is what we'll call it. Uh, and I want to see Illinois Oak State because I'd love to watch just Cade and Io just trade shots and go blow for blow. Absolutely, Cade and Io, two of my favorite players to watch in the country. I mean, if we get Robin, it's tough because I want to root for Loyola, but I don't want to get robbed of Cade versus Io. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it just makes it really. so tough, but. My God, like I'm ready for that. So your final four, uh, Gonzaga versus same the Bonnies. Do the, does the Bonnies magic continue against the Zags? It sure does not. Absolutely not. Uh, I think Gonzaga would would put a the clock would strike midnight pretty hard for the Bonnies mm-hmm. if they were able to get there. Um, again, it's just the Zags team is there's so many ways to beat you. There's they're just so it's good. I think. It's, <laughs> I think Alabama has a chance to beat them if Alabama gives them their best defensive effort and all their threes fall. But even then, it's still so hard. It just, you know, I'm usually not a believer in the Zags. I almost have, I have them out in the elite or in the Sweet 16 around a 32 every year. I was really big on that. They were going to be my pick last year. I think they're just so good. And as hard as it is to go undefeated, I think they're going to take that game over Bama. And I guess I kind of gave my, that's a spoiler alert. So. I also have Gonzaga winning it all. I have Gonzaga, Baylor. We finally get that game that we were robbed of yep. back in December. And it's going to be a hell of a game. But I like the Zags to win this. Complete an undefeated season in this weird COVID year. Mm-hmm. I got, I, I same with me. It's since about November 4th, I said the national championships, Gonzaga beating Baylor. Not running away now. Preseason, Gonzaga was my pick to win it all. The past two tournaments that have happened, my preseason pick to win it all has been the same as my bracket pick to win it all also won so i can't i can't i gotta make it three straight right mm-hmm. um so so looking at get that done i mean this i really want to see gonzaga baylor i think that would be the only game that gonzaga would even get challenged if we're being honest especially if the way my bracket breaks out where they play an eight seed 13 seed 17 and nine seed <laughs> <laughs> and, and then the takes will be flying about how they haven't been challenged i'm sure that'll be great uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. but uh i just that would be one of the best games we'd get to see all year, probably the best game we get to see all year. Um, yeah, I don't think – I mean, and then in terms of Baylor's Final Four, you know, if they get Illinois, they already beat them. And granted, this Illinois is much better than they were in November, and that's mm-hmm. credit to Brad Underwood. He's done a great job, especially, like you said, like Curbelo coming on. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, one of my favorite college basketball outlets, the three-man weave guys, got to shout them out. Um, they kind of they kind of put it in a way that no one else can. Is Baylor's just got this gear, and it's like we said when they can just go on a thirteen zero run in a minute. It's like they just have a gear that other teams don't, other than Gonzaga probably. <laughs> and you get to watch the two best big threes in college basketball, and Butler, Teague, and Mitchell versus Kisper, Timmy, and Suggs. I mean, sign me up for that. Uh, that's something where you know, even though we like madness, I also kind of want to see the best brand of basketball, and that's going right. to be one hell of a matchup. Obviously, if Baylor gets eliminated in the Elite Eight to Ohio State, and we don't get to see that matchup, yeah. I won't be complaining. <laughs> I'm cool with it. I'm yeah. fine with that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a big fan of let's get madness early. Like, I want the first two days of the tournament to be complete and utter nonsense. I want to be falling off my chair. I want to be going nuts. But then it's like by the time we get to the end, it's like, all right, let's 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 get the best teams here and let's, mm-hmm. let's get some good games going. Absolutely. Some, uh, some Ron Hunter action falling off your exactly. chair. I love that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
Uh, so I just give me uh, before we wrap this up, give me for the gambling listeners out there your best bets to take in the first round. My best bets to take in the first round. All right, let me look here. I might have to pull up what I what I have placed. I know I love. I already said it. I got them in the Sweet Sixteen. Utah State catching five against Texas Tech. I got. I, I'm taking them at four and a half. All right. Yeah. So I, I like I said, I placed a lot of these right away. So Ohio U, we both like them to move on. I got them at plus ten. Still love it at plus seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of my favorite one, the the let's have a time, let's have some fun, and should should cash is Arkansas Colgate over. I don't care what the yep. number is. Oh, let's just do it. that. That that was that was the first thing I placed uh, right after that brackets were revealed. Actually, I think I, I think Arkansas is going to score a hundred. Yeah, and it's Colgate might too. So. Yeah. I, I got it at uh, I got it at one sixty two and a half. I already took it. It's, now I see it's down. I saw it was down to one sixty one and a half. But yeah, no, mm-hmm. you got it. Like if you hammer the under in that game, you're just a bad person. Yeah, you're, you're just a wet blanket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, trying to think if there's any other ones that stood out to me that I love. Uh, I I took North Carolina over Wisconsin, laid two points. That's just a big. I hate this Wisconsin team with a passion. Uh, I just, I, they just so, they frustrate me. I don't think they're good. Um, and Carolina's been, I know you, you've been all over the Carolina, just flaming, torching, super hot. Mm-hmm. And they keep it going. Plus, I want to watch Carolina play Baylor more than Wisconsin. Yeah, I, and, I, I, and I think they can get, I think they can give Baylor a game. Yeah, I think they can. Same reason up. that Purdue uh, can. And one other one. I mean, of course, I took UC Santa Barbara against the points because I took them advancing. Uh, Oklahoma over Missouri. Well, I think Missouri's underseeded, uh, just based off their resume. They're another team that I just I can't buy. I can't get myself to be Frogs. to think they're good. And and just I'll take Long Kruger with time. Long Kruger with time to prepare. I think you know Reeves and Manic can just kind of take that game over and coast to like a twelve point win. Absolutely. So I'll lay the two with them any day of the week absolutely and it's not like those oklahoma losses i mean outside of kansas state but you know they were against kansas yeah. against texas against uh not west virginia but oklahoma state twice who finished the year incredibly hot yeah oh that uh, one Plus last kansas state was wearing those pink purple jerseys it's mm-hmm. distracted you know <laughs> and we saw kansas state down the stretch did play better that's true uh so my, well actually i want to go back well one last thing i want to ask what were your thoughts on oklahoma state being a four seed yeah, we should have gone over this early. That is so dumb. Oh, especially give them a four, put them a four seed in Illinois' region. Screw Illinois even more. Screw them even more. Give them Liberty. It's like, what are we doing, guys? I want. I want a whole tirade about it. Honestly, before the Big Twelve championship game and before Ohio State played Michigan on that Saturday, I had Oklahoma State on my two line. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. And it's like what losing to Texas drops you two lines. Plus, I mean, and again, it's like. They beat Arkansas. They beat Kansas. I also just, how is West Virginia a seed line above them? When they beat West they Virginia twice in a row, one time without Cade Cunningham. It doesn't make any sense. It's like if they flip-flop West Virginia and Oak State in that region, I would be like, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would. But, I uh, mean, it sucks because it, it it's not just them who get screwed. It's Liberty who now gets screwed. they got to play against a better team. It's Illinois who now has to run through a top 10, 10, 10 Palm team, like we just said, potentially, and then Kate Cunningham. It's just, I don't know. I I saw something, it's a conspiracy theory. The NCAA let them play, but they gave them a bad seed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's their appeal. I, I, I still said uh, when Kate Cunningham got injured against Baylor that if he was brought out for the tournament, they probably would have just, uh, like, 
held the appeal because I yeah. said I said my I'm, I'm the whole mindset. There was no way they were gonna overturn the appeal because the NCAA was not gonna miss out on a chance to profit off Cade Cunningham. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Plus, I love Coach Boynton so much. Me too. Like, he's such an easy coach to root for. Mm-hmm. He's the man. He is. He's the man. So I, I love Oak State, and I'm sad we only get one year of Cade, but that's that's how these things work. Yeah. You know, I, I don't watch the NBA, and we've been, we went over how it's better than the NBA. Yeah. I can't get myself to watch the NBA. Except I want the occasional Celtics game just because I love Marcus Smart so much. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I was a big Marcus Smart fan when he was at OK State, too. Yep. I, I was such a big fan that uh, that year when they were a five seed and lost to Oregon in the first round. I think I had yeah, them in my final four that year. The Smart and LeBron Nash. LeBron Nash, because I because there was I think it was the year before when they upset number two Missouri and that game was just mm-hmm. so awesome and that was like because LeBron Nash had like nine threes or something after yeah. that like I just became obsessed with Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. But They're I just a fun team. Well, one thing I noticed with my bracket is if I I have Oklahoma State versus Oregon State. Fake OSU versus fake OSU. That's true. Yeah, the orange OSUs. <laughs> but uh, Mike, I was glad I got to have you on. This is an awesome conversation. I know people have been really excited for this interview because two college basketball experts. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll definitely have to do this again, at, probably for the Final Four. Oh, I love it. This was so much fun. And again, yeah, like you said, it, it's nice to be able to just level with someone and talk some college hoops. You know, just take an hour of the day and let's just talk some ball. Oh, it's so it. awesome. I love college <laughs> hoops. Take care, Mike. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, you as well. Talk soon. See ya. Thanks. And that was Mike McNell. Mc, 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 Mike Mack. Mike Mack. I still can't say his last name. Uh, as you know, he knows his college basketball shit. One of the sharpest college basketball minds that I know personally. Love texting him every Saturday to discuss college hoops. Definitely advi- definitely follow some of his picks. Uh, follow him on Twitter. Not the fake Mike Mack because you're going to want to listen to him come March Madness. And if you're going to want some good advice, you might want to listen to some of these picks that I'm going to give the listeners. Uh, so I have, I took Winthrop, money lineup plus 210, and Ohio money lineup plus 295. Two teams I believe will pull off the upset. As I mentioned with Mike, I took the over in the Arkansas Colgate game. I got it at 162.5. It's now down to 161.5. That is one you most certainly have to take. Uh, I like Utah State plus 4.5 because I think they're going to give Texas Tech a hell of a hard time. Uh, I I like Georgia Tech plus 3 because I just think they're so evenly matched against Loyola. I like Syracuse plus 3. Although I like San Diego State in that game, I just like the way Jim Beheim does in the tournament, especially when he's such an underdog like this. Uh, West Virginia, Moorhead State, go over 138. Both these offenses are very, very high-octane. Uh, one team that does, one game featuring two non-high-octane offenses, Rutgers-Clemson. I know it's a short number, but take under 125, I promise you. Uh, my last two bets, I like UCSB plus 7.5, uh, taking the points with them against Creighton. And I just and I also like Bama minus sixteen and a half. I think they're gonna steamroll Iona. And that's about it for this episode of the Bird's Eye View. A great episode, a big episode preview of the tournament. I know yeah, make sure you guys subscribe on on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Go follow Jay Bird's Eye View on Twitter for all my live reactions during this March Madness tournament. And follow the Bird's Eye View podcast on Instagram for all the latest episode drops. Thank you, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. And let's have a great March Madness, baby. March is back. Let's go.